Malibu Stacy, America's favorite eight-and-a-half-incher. In 1959, homemaker Stacy Lavelle had a design and a dream. The design? Malibu Stacy. The dream? To mass-market a fashion doll that was also edible. Kids didn't much like the taste of dried onion meal, but they loved the doll. A second plastic Malibu Stacy took America by storm. Just ask the owner of the world's largest Malibu Stacy collection, Waylon Smithers of Springfield. And what does Stacy think of her 35 years of success and millions of friends worldwide? Don't ask me. I'm just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? We are joined this week by Ali Gertz, former editor at Mad Magazine, currently a writer, musician, and the co-host of the Round Springfield podcast. How are you today, Ali? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming and joining us digitally over <laughs> these long distances that even might be long with LA traffic if we were all in person. <laughs> that is exactly right. Yeah, pleased to be here. So today we're talking Simpsons toys. Blake, where do you want to start? I mean, I think we have to start at the beginning. And as I think a lot of listeners of the show know, a lot of people have been calling me Blake 89 because that's the year I was born and often has put me behind some of the collectibles that Justin enjoys. However, the Simpsons and I share... I think I'm the only person that's been calling you Blake89. All of our listeners <laughs> do it. They love it. It's a common oh, nickname now. I think it's great. I mean, look, it's my favorite Batman. It all works. But The Simpsons also kind of... The real Simpsons, in my opinion, started in 1989. Before, when it was just the sketch show before. Because I know someone will be like, what about the old sketches? That would have been me. <laughs> this whole thing started um, a, a, a phenomena that I think all of us grew up with and couldn't get away from. And it's so interesting to see the world now without Simpson stuff everywhere. Because when I was growing up, part of like going to the mall with my mom, when she would do her thing or my dad would do his thing was just going to Spencer's gifts and seeing what weird crossover Simpson things they had. I had a Sopranos Simpson poster. I had never seen the Sopranos. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't understand why my parents thought it was so funny. Um, but this all kind of came together with the World of Springfield line that started in, I think, 1999. I, I thought that maybe it was 2000, but I, I guess that sounds right to me. Now, Allie, you're right. It was 2000. Um, yes. <laughs> it, had been, it had been 10 years at that point since there had been a Simpsons toy line. The, the first line came out from Mattel in 1990, and they weren't great. It was a very small line. It had just the family plus Nelson. Uh, it had their car and I believe a couch play set. Um, and they had and dialogue balloons reason, that like came out of their faces, which is very bizarre. <laughs> that's right. Because I forgot they, about that. Well, because they know that like the Simpsons are famous for being funny. Gang way, man. I'm out of here, man. Come back here, you. It's the Simpsons from Mattel. <laughs> Don't have a cow, Homer. <laughs> Not so fast. You 
my shorts, Nelson. Eat this. <laughs> Can it, Simpson? <laughs> the Simpsons figures, sofa, and boob tube sold separately, only from Mattel. I crumble. I think like the quotes that Marge would say are just kind of like her saying like, I just baked fresh cookies and it's just like classic Marge. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Why is that the quote you picked? Um, uh, Bill Morrison, who was the former editor in chief at uh, Mad Magazine where I worked uh, for a stint, um, actually had some hand in uh, create, not, not creating, but some, some involvement in those toys. And he actually showed me some of the prototypes, which are even, uh, more rough in terms of their look and jokes, but it was still very exciting for them to, to do it. But it was, it was very, uh, it had a long way to go, I think, before it got to the, to the toys that we're mostly going to talk about today, the world of Springfield. Yeah, it was like, it was very weird because during that initial, like, first year of Simpsons mania in 89, like, literally any merchandise would sell. They could put the Simpsons on anything and it would sell. So it was kind of weird that by the time the Mattel toys came out, they didn't do very well. Um, Right. And it took another 10 years for a mass market, like, major Simpsons toy line to be released, and that was the world of Springfield in 2000. Simpsons. Simpsons figures and talking sets. You'll love them. Mm, donuts. No, the figures. Stop. You're the man, Homer. Finally, Simpson figures and talking sets sold separately. I remember. And by that point, I feel like the mania of Simpsons in the late 80s, early 90s had kind of died out, and the show had become, I don't want to say underground because like 13 million people a week were watching it, but it wasn't, the the mania of it wasn't there like it was a decade before. Um, You didn't constantly hear about The Simpsons by the time 2000 rolled around. And it kind of felt like not everybody was into it. And it kind of became like more of a cool thing, I feel like, than the initial mania back in 89. At least that's how I felt at the time in 2000. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I I definitely had the feeling of it being very much like a collector's world rather than like, you know, like I grew up, well, so I was born in 91. So Allie 91 is a little younger than Blake 89 over there. But I, um, I remember going to Toys R Us all the time and seeing like Harry Potter had taken over like all of the Hot Wheels and not, I mean, they still made Hot Wheels, but I remember being really angry that like Harry Potter took over all of my beloved toys. Then I would later become a massive Harry Potter fan and I would suddenly change my tune. But like, you know, that was mania. That was like any type type of thing that had Harry Potter on it. We are all getting it till the day we die, no matter how transphobic and horrible and awful JK Rowling is, we're getting those toys. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like the Simpsons toys, it was usually more like, at least for me, it was like, oh, you know, um, uh, I just like the show. Like, I don't necessarily need anything until those toys came out in 2000. Then it was like, ooh, this is so cool. I love this. But season 10, like, like in 2000, like the Simpsons is already kind of downhill by the time those toys are coming out, in my opinion. So it's just kind of like weird to rep something that like the best version of it was already kind of gone. 
Yeah, I feel like these started coming out right as the show started declining. Yeah, um, but it with was all due respect like, to everybody who works on the show now and then, I definitely yeah. stopped watching after Maude died. So, like, for me, it was, like, you know, it was just bizarre. <laughs> we uh, we talked last week that, like, we actually really liked this last uh, season. I hear it's um, amazing. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I, I they've come up with kind of, like, a new format. It really caught me off guard. And I love that's it. awesome. And I definitely want to rewatch, especially with everything on Disney Plus now and just like having access to everything. It's so interesting to me to hear that the mania was in decline then, because I remember in like the mid thousands and maybe it was just my like little bubble of suburbia I was in. But that is when like I hit the Simpsons hard. So maybe I was just like a late comer to it. And oh, I do my drop off when I like kind of stopped watching was around the 300th episode. And I remember a lot of different things, but I'll start with the toy stuff. I remember I had a neighbor whose uh, husband was a fanatic. And one day I like went over to their house and he was like, your mom tells me you like the Simpsons. You gotta see this. And he had in his basement, like the, the, the Ned Flanders rec room of toy collectible basements with every world of Springfield figure, all the play sets, the two cars they did. And I just remember looking at it and it must be where my brain went from toys are to play with to being like, I can display these and they can look dope as hell. (laughs) And it just immediately, I was like, mom, we got to get in the car and go to target and Toys R Us and buy some of these. I didn't know they were here. We need to (laughs) get them me and my friend uh, would record every episode. So he just had old VHS tapes before the DVDs of every single one. And I remember going to his house for the premiere of the 300th episode and both of us being like, yeah, I think we're done here. (laughs) That was it. Which, how did they bungle that? I'm a huge Tony Hawk and Blink-182 fan. It should have been perfect (laughs) for me. And I was like, that's actually right around the time that the World of Springfield line died there was supposed to be a Toys R Us exclusive set to represent the 300th episode with a Tony Hawk. And it had a Flanders and a Bart. And it was never released because the line started dying out around that time. But during, during the majority of this line, I was a teenager working at Toys R Us. So I bought all of it. I was... (laughs) living at home with my mom. So I had no expenses. I just had, you know, endless toy money for my Toys R Us job. So I bought literally every world of Springfield toy that came out and I still have all of them. That's Um, awesome. 39 environments. I'm reading the stats now. 471 accessories uh, from 176 different episodes representing 118 characters voiced by 32 actors. That is pretty incredible. 207 figures in total. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I definitely do not have all of them. And there was a drop-off point for me as well um, in the toys. Um, but I do have a lot of them, and I still own them. Um and there's actually this image that I have um, that I really love. Uh, I just 
snapped a picture. I, I have a lot of these toys in my family's garage um, because I just haven't really had a ton of space to, to really display them in a really perfect way. And um, uh, <laughs> I guess my mom wanted to save on the price of like a, a cardboard box because it this box that has the toys in it says Allie's childhood books and that's crossed off and then it says Simpsons toys <laughs> and it's just like that is such a perfect um uh, encapsulation of my life <laughs> yeah that's kind of how it was for me for a while too where I just remember every like Christmas or birthday everybody would just be like get him something with Simpsons and I remember right. one year it was the, they did those like big talking dolls and one of them was the evil, good, crusty. I'm holding oh, yeah. it as if it's in my hands. <laughs> this is my object work from UCB for four very, years. Very, very impressive. It was a decade ago. <laughs> uh, but I remember getting that. I remember when I, I got a ping pong table one year when we moved and somebody had gotten giant like cardboard cutouts of Homer and Bart to put on opposite ends of it. And it, right. It was just amazing for a while. It was just like, I don't know, Blake likes star Wars and Simpsons and Spider-Man. And <laughs> that's it. And I'm still like, yeah, no, that that's the checkbox. <laughs> now, Blake, your figures were your parents' house as well. Yeah. I don't really know the fate of them right now. And I did not have all of them. There's in fact a ton that I always wanted, like the Kang and Krotos. I never found. Kodos, Kodos. <laughs> like you mean this hanging Kodos? <laughs> so cool. Ah, that's it. Those, Justin, the first time I ever went to your apartment, you had them out and I took a photo to send to my mom to be like, see, they were real. We couldn't find them. And you didn't believe me that they made them, but they were real. <laughs> but they were exclusive. Like there were a lot of one. I mean, they there are a lot that you could only get at Toys R Us. Like I, for example, got all of mine from a comic book store near my house. And so there were some of them that I didn't even know about because they only sold them at Toys R Us. And I think I maybe I was feeling a little bit of the age where it's like, well, I don't go to toy stores anymore. I only go to comic book shops to get my collectibles. But like I, I cheated because I worked at Toys R Us. So I would get these like right off the truck. Um, oh, that's so but they cool. Wouldn't, they wouldn't hit the floor. That like my right. friends and I were all massive Simpsons fans. We were all collectors. Like part of the reason we worked at Toys R Us was so that we would have first dibs on this stuff. So fortunately for me, I didn't have to go out looking for Kane Kodos. I just had to check the truck manifest and wait for the day that they rolled into my <laughs> life. I'm sorry, Blake. But so they were all in a box and in around the time I had moved to LA when I also didn't bring anything with me, they all just sat in my parents' house. Uh, the house got hit by lightning and caught on fire. Everybody is okay. All oh of the God. people with a pulse are fine. What about <laughs> the, the toys? Is, what about the toys? That's the question. <laughs> so a lot of it went to storage. And when it came back, my mom was like, look, I don't know. Like some stuff is just missing. We haven't even opened everything. We don't know what's there and what's damaged and what has smoke damage. Oh, wow. So I've been meaning to eventually, and now we're in a pandemic and who knows when I'll ever go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they're just there. They're either in great condition or I need to rebuild everything from the ground up. Oh, wow. That's nuts. I'm sorry that happened. Or they could all be like fused together 
by the lightning <laughs> into some toy. like awesome Simpsons, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> some Cronenberg Simpsons. You don't know, Blake. You should look on the bright side. I would love it if they were just always on fire, and I could have a Springfield tire <laughs> fire of World of Springfield's figures. I think that's really the goal for my parents' house to always have a small plastic fire. Allie, what are some of your memories from buying these toys as a kid? Um, my memory is very much connected to my dad. And uh, he and I would go to this uh, comic book shop in Long Beach, which would sell a bunch of really, that's where we're from, and uh, would sell a bunch of action figures, which I thought were really cool. Um, his best friend, Landon, uh collected a ton of Batman uh, collectibles. And I just thought that that was really awesome that like there are people that are adults that display toys. Like that was really surreal to me. And I thought that was really like a life to aspire um, to. And um, when these toys came out, it was exciting because my dad was just as into it, if not more so. And, um, you know, whenever there was a new series out, we would go and check them out. And we know we didn't have all of them. Um, and I think it was mostly just like, we, you know, they're pretty cheap at first. They were like five bucks each, but like, um, we didn't have all of them mostly just because like we could, we could, I could choose one or two at a time maybe. Um, but I also remember sometimes they would be used against me. Like one time I was rude to my sister and my dad had come home and I got in trouble and he's just like. Um, if you hadn't been rude to your sister, I was going to give you, uh, this toy. And it was like a world of Springfield toy of, of, um, Lisa in her Sunday best outfit, which is ironic. And she, he was just like, but now you don't get to have it. And I have to turn, I have to return it to the store. And like he did. (laughs) And so like, I don't have that toy. (laughs) Um, my dad was pretty strict, but in a, in a very modern sense of the word, um, but it was a very big part of my life. And, you know, nine, when I was nine years old, especially, I remember getting them for my birthday. And, like, there's a photo of me, like, with a big bow and, like, my gigantic 90s bangs, um, like, just, like, looking in awe of, like, this environment that I was given. Yeah. the uh, Speaking of, like, the environments, they, they, the place that started coming out around the time where you were getting less and less play sets with action figures. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the other lines that were popular at the time, like you get some vehicles still on like the Star Wars stuff, but it was very rare to get a playset. And that was one of the things that I loved about this line were the the environments, the playsets. Me too. Because they're so like it, they're so important to like the Simpsons lore. Um, it was just another thing that like helped elevate this line to another level, in my opinion. It's one of the few lines where I wanted the play sets. Like normally with almost everything else, even when I was a kid and was like playing with three inch ones, I was like, I don't need all of this other big plastic. The world is my play set. But with the Simpson stuff was the first time that I really wanted like an Android's dungeon and the house and the couch <laughs> and rumpus rubes and all of these places. Cause I think the show is so it's animated obviously, but it's so bright and colorful and alive that you want kind of every piece of it. Like even having the bus and the car, I wanted more vehicles. It reminds me a lot of uh, the Springfield CD-ROM. I'm not sure if you guys ever had the, the kind of interactive Springfield game, but like it just the, the CD or the disc looked like a donut and you'd put it in and it was just a point and click where you just kind of get to explore 
Springfield, and like that was thrilling. Welcome to Virtual Springfield, a 3D exploration of all things Simpsons. Drop by the Simpsons house. How's the mowing going? Drop dead, Flanders. Mix a flaming mow. Get out of here. Shop at the Quickie Mart. Just come jerky. Or play games at Noiseland Arcade. Virtual Springfield will make Simpsons fans feel right at home. And if you describe it to someone who maybe um, doesn't know like what older games are like, they'd kind of probably be like, that sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard of in my life. But it was so fun just because Springfield is is like so um, is such a world that you want to live in. Um, and then for vehicles, it reminds me a lot of the um, PlayStation 2, like Simpsons Hit and Run. Um, and like getting to have all those vehicles was the best part of the game for me of just like, wow, like I get to see Homer's weird invention car. Like that's so funny. Yeah, I sank hours into both Hit and Run and Road Rage. Both of those games are incredible. Yeah. In a city where chaos rules, only one man can save humanity from total destruction. Hmm. It's up to Homer Simpson and family to save the world from a diabolical plot as they run and drive to unravel the conspiracy. Blackfinch! Critics call it the best Simpsons game ever. That's a lot, dudes. The Simpsons Hit and Run, rated T for Teen. I am evil Homer. Another thing about the world of Springfield toys that was unique was they talked. They had uh, little chips in them. I have the Troy McClure here. And they had these little chips in their feet so that you could place them on the playset. And they would say different phrases from the show. And this was a big part of the marketing of the line. Sometimes it helped the line and sometimes it hurt the line because there were certain figures they couldn't make because they couldn't get the voice rights. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. Like being able, it was always fun to get a new figure and put it on the environment and see like what phrases the toy would say. Yeah, exactly. I have like very much burned in my brain um, because, you know, series one, like, you know, it, that's the main family and like the, the Simpsons living room came with Marge and Maggie and obviously like all the Simpsons family would work on that. And um, I remember Marge's like so distinctly of just like none of the lines are actually funny. It's just kind of like um, the secret ingredient is salt. And uh, now let's forget our troubles with a big bowl of strawberry ice cream. And it's just like the some of the quotes um, of The Simpsons, I can't even tell if they're in my brain so much because of the show or just because I've heard them so many times. Like Nuclear Homer as well, like those ones are like very much, the first few environments are very much stuck in my brain forever. I remember we spent a lot of time speculating on like what figures were coming out and someone yeah, figured totally. out Me that too. someone figured out that they could hotwire the playsets to play like the voices of figures that hadn't come out yet. What? So <laughs> on the, on the like early days of internet fandom, I spent Spent a lot of my late teens and early 20s on the nohomers.net mm-hmm. message boards. That's funny. And someone there had hot-wired the play sets and 
got the play sets to speak for all these figures that hadn't come out yet. So they were able to figure out like the next year of toys based on what voices were hidden inside these play sets. It, that's crazy. So is that how that worked where they had the design already or they had already had to map out kind of what are all of the possibilities of who will work in this uh, set, like in this environment? Yeah, they had planned it out like a couple of years at a time. So oh, wow. there would always be like a year worth of toys baked into that environment. That's so interesting. You know, especially as a kid, I certainly had no idea like how the magical foot was making them talk. <laughs> like, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. So I'm glad to figure that out as an adult. <laughs> yeah, it unfortunately hindered many celebrity figures because they had a hard time getting celebrities to sign off on using their voice for the toys. Uh, like famously, there was a rabbi Kristofsky mm-hmm. that was sculpted and ready to come out. And at the last minute, they couldn't make the deal. Typically, like, um, you know, as it's because The Simpsons has been running for so long and because they started it when animation was like such, you know, they really changed the entire game. But like typically, like when you're trying to sell your show and getting your actors involved, like part of the contract already includes like any merchandising that uses your voice, you know, that's already figured out before the show even airs. So it's really interesting that the Simpsons was having to deal with that so much later, like after the Simpsons had already become the massive thing that it did, which honestly is better for the actors, but you know, worse for the fans. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't get to to many celebrities in that original playmates line because of that. But luckily a couple of years ago, NECA Toys got the Simpsons license and they went back and they started making new figures in this same scale and same design to fill out the line. And that was mostly celebrities. Um, but those, like, because those came out a couple of years ago, I feel like most of the celebrities in that line. I don't even remember them being on the show because I had already been watching at that point. What are some of them? Is it like Lady Gaga? <laughs> Penn and Teller? Like, I don't remember Penn and Teller being on the show, but I have their yeah, figures. Yeah, me neither. That's interesting. Uh, Tom Petty. Uh, <laughs> well, Tom Weird Petty. Al. Is Tom a Petty was Al. Yeah, Tom uh, Petty and Weird Al. I really love both of those episodes. But the Tom Petty one is the is kind of like the rock and roll summer camp episode. Um, oh, right. And uh, has like a, like a lot of really cool musicians in it. Mike Scully wrote that one. And then also... That's one of my favorite of the... I don't even know if it's modern Simpsons anymore. Middle Simpsons? But that's how... Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, that's like... There's like the ones I grew up with and then the ones that were like when I thought the show would end one day and now today... <laughs> At Simpsons Take the Bull, uh, which is when, like, for anyone who's not, like, local to L.A., there was a really cool event uh, where the Simpsons took over the Hollywood Bowl and, like, did all the musical performances. And it was really fun. And Weird Al performed the Jack and Diane version of Homer and Marge, which was really exciting. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was so fun. And if anyone um, doesn't know about that event, I'm sure you could find parts of it on YouTube, including Colin O'Brien singing the monorail song, which is great. There's a character that never got a figure, Lyle Landley, the monorail salesman. Like, 
I feel like that should have been like that was such a popular episode. Like it's weird to me that Lyle didn't get a it didn't get a big. One thing that I'll share of like who I really would have wanted, um, just because you know. I really liked all the different variations of the same characters. That was probably more exciting to me sometimes than like, like I didn't need Kearney or like, (laughs) I didn't really like Jimbo Jones. I love, but like, I don't need the other bullies. Like that's not for me, but like, um, and also it was really weird that like Patty came out so much earlier than Selma, but then the twins are put together. Like they made weird choices, but, um, I really wanted there to be a summer um, of four foot two Lisa, like the cool, like, you know, whatever. Oh. Like I would have really loved that version of Lisa. And, and even, I know that they did like a future version of the characters, but I, and they had Lisa as the president, but I definitely prefer her getting married. Like, I think that's one of the best like future predictions ever. Um, and then another one that does exist that I don't have is the Frank Grimes one because that's he's my favorite character that's not a Simpsons character and I'm very disappointed that I don't have that one. Yeah, that was one that I also didn't know existed. And when I found out it did was like I need it. This was totally. one of that was one of the best episodes. It really is, yeah. I remember that it was very clear that the line was winding down because the sales weren't doing well and right. Frank Grimes hadn't been released yet. And I was so worried that they weren't going to get to Frank Grimes. And then he ended (laughs) up coming out with the power plant, like right before the line ended. Um, Thank God. Because yeah, he'll forever be, yeah. I think he'll forever be my favorite, like one-off episode character, him and Hank Scorpio. I even like the one when his son comes back. That's like way down in like season 15 or 16 or whatever. Yeah, I saw that one and I thought that that was pretty fun. Um, one th- another thing that I'll share about my experience with these toys is like I and I've talked about this on my Simpsons podcast uh, that I do with Julia, but I really, you know, sometimes toys are used developmentally, where it's just kind of like for for a lot of girls and probably um, anyone, but like. Like, you know, Barbies help you, like, understand your sexual awakening and, like, you'll do things with d- dolls that you only years later will understand what it meant. Um, and I was very much that way with um, Camp Krusty Bart and Normal Lisa. For some reason, it was okay for me if they were kissing, but certainly never Normal uh, Bart. But because they're all these, like, actual different versions of the characters, it was easy for me to justify, like, this isn't weird. It's a different person. Um, but that was something where it was very much just, like, something to outgrow <laughs> but like it's it's very funny to me I and now i have a question as long as you weren't using your sunday best figures <laughs> i think you were okay um did you guys actually play with the toys or did you keep them in boxes and did you have doubles because we had we had one that we'd keep in the box and then one that we'd play with sometimes you know so i think i, I hit that line right at the age where i wasn't plain anymore but it became the like i will display everything and it'll be out of boxes but it'll be hung up and look nice but it was also this very interesting time where like both lord of the rings and harry potter were out which were two properties my mom really liked and she would buy some of those toys and just keep them in boxes and be like one day they'll be worth something 
So I have this weird collection of just things that my mom bought, like (laughs) even prequel Star Wars stuff that every now and then I go in the basement. I'm like, why didn't we open any of this? And she was like, those are the ones I thought were going to take off. And there is like resort smithers in a box somewhere that I know we have. And like a bunch of weird Simpson figures that she's like, I just figured those were the ones we shouldn't open. So I just put them away. They were so cheap at the beginning that like everybody has them. And until the show is canceled, um, I don't think they're ever going to be really worth much um, except for like the mailaways or like the very last two series because there were so few of them. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly right. Because even when my mom showed me the few that are in boxes, I was like, I'm just going to check. And it was like, oh, I, I don't have the heart to tell her that they're going for like five bucks on eBay. I just don't, I don't have the ability to do it. It's so upsetting. But that's kind of like, that's kind of a great thing for people who want to start the line now. That's is true. there's not a lot of other vintage toys where you can really go back and buy them for a reasonable price. And because most of these haven't gone up in value, like I feel there's never going to be another line like this. There's never going to be another Simpsons line that has this much depth to it. So I feel like if you want to buy it now with it being not that much money, like that's kind of the positive of it. Yeah. There's always been a level of um, kind of um, exclusionary culture in, in comic books and collectibles. Um, where the price point makes it really difficult for for everybody to be a fan of these things, um, especially comic books. Like it, it sucks so much that like, you know. And when something runs so long, and you're like a kid, and you're like, I don't know where to begin Batman journey. Like, how does this start? You know, like um, if you're a kid and your parents aren't giving you an allowance, like I don't know how you're supposed to like get into these things. Aside from the library, which is now closed thanks to the pandemic, but still. Um, <laughs> It's like, I do, I do really appreciate the fact, like, if you wanted to get into these toys, like, you pretty much can. Because, like, yeah, they're not, they're not too expensive. Look! Icky Breaky Stacy for $1.99! <gasps> Live from the improv, Stacy's only 89 cents! Ew! I can't think of a show that you could watch so many times over and over again and find something new each time and... I think that works with the toys too, you know, something that maybe you weren't excited about. Now you're kind of like, I can't believe they made a toy of that. That's so cool. You know? Oh yeah. There's a lot of figures in this line that I still can't believe they made a toy of. Like and what? They, what are they, some examples? They a lot of, ch- uh, they took a lot of chances. The one that immediately comes to mind is handsome Mo. I always felt yeah. like that was the, one of the <laughs> weirdest things they could have possibly made. Right. Like the family is amazing. The Simpsons and of all the characters, I think, are some of the best pieces of pop culture. But I think those side characters and those one off episodes are some of the ones that really define the show now for people. Like, I don't think about The Simpsons without thinking of the Beer Baron episode or Frank Grimes or the monorail or uh, Homer's phobia. Like, the. It's these like one-off episodes that are just so rich that add these characters that like challenge the city and the family. So when I think of a toy line for them, I'm like, well, I want those characters because those are the moments I remember. Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting that Handsome Mo exists. Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but like Poochie doesn't exist. Like Poochie to me is like such... I know Poochie. <laughs> like that's such a funny and iconic episode. Like... And he has, like, 
just talk about a toy that would have catchphrases like that is built in. You I know? would love a two pack of Poochie and the uh, his name wasn't Ray. Was it Leon that they added to the family for that episode with his backwards <laughs> hat and sunglasses? Roy. Roy. <laughs> I was like, I want a two pack of Poochie and Roy. That would be awesome. So I've agonized over this for a few weeks now, uh, but I have put together a list of the top 10 characters I wish they had made in the line. And I would like to get your opinions on this. Uh, So here we go. Number 10, Rex Banner. Yeah. Oh, anything, anything Schwarzwelder related. I'm very interested in. Number nine, Gabo and Arthur Crandall. Yeah. I would have loved Gabo. Seems kind of bizarre that they didn't make Gabo. Like, that was such a huge episode to me when I was a kid. Like, I would have loved that figure. Uh, number eight, Tito Puente. <laughs> so many yeah, celebrities. That'd be an awesome celebrity line. Like, they made so many celebrities, but Tito, I feel like, was a much bigger part of the show since he was one of the possible people who shot Mr. Burns. Right. I don't know if Tito wasn't interested in having a figure. I don't know. I don't know the inner workings there, but I'm sorry we didn't get one uh, nonetheless. Uh, At number seven, I have Captain Lance Murdoch. They do include his portrait in the Daredevil Bart, at least. Like, he has a little portrait of him, so... (laughs) Honorary mention, I would say. Number six, Dedrick Tatum and Lucius Sweet. Yeah. Another, like, key episode to me. And they, both of them, especially Dedrick Tatum, is, like, around a lot. Like, he started appearing, like, on television in the shows before the episode where Homer fought him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just a weird, a weird one. Uh, number five, not a figure I think most people wanted, uh, but I think it would make a great toy. The Capital City Goofball. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. You could get a good play set with the stadium. Number four, another character that was around a lot that I'm surprised they didn't get to, Miss Glick. She had a whole episode where Bart was doing chores at her house, and then I yeah. remember her also popping up. And two bad neighbors and a couple other episodes. Boys love candy. <laughs> that would have definitely been one of her phrases. Uh, the rich Texan. Yeah. I feel like he was just coming in to like. He would definitely be in there now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because he's in a lot of like 13 and onward episodes. And in the same vein, uh, at number two, I have Crazy Cat Lady. Totally. I can't believe they didn't have Crazy Cat Lady. But my number one once, and I'm really surprised that NECA wasn't able to pull these off, the Ramones. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Like, we have, they made all of R.E.M., they made all of Aerosmith, uh, but man, do I want the Ramones. Did they do the Blink-182 ones? Those never came out. <laughs> no. Okay, well, um, I need those. So 
there are three that I would really like, and you know, I did stop collecting, so I I don't believe these came out. But I would have really liked there to be a burlesque house as an environment with Belle, yes, uh, and having Grandpa be able to have quotes of like him leaving and Bart being able to have his quotes there. Um, and I yes. really would have loved a combo pack of of Ruth and Laura Powers because they're like my favorite side characters. I also had a few that we haven't mentioned yet that I think we need. One of them is from a much later episode, but I really want Lieutenant LT Smash from the NSYNC <laughs> episode. I have not seen that one, but Oh, it's I awesome. <laughs> they're they're brainwashing people with a boy band to join the Navy. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, Mad Magazine is featured in that episode. It's all great. I've I've definitely seen that episode because I immediately quoted um, the Mad Magazine portion in my interview at Mad Magazine of just it's just a place of business like you know I, I <laughs> yes and the, the, uh, the other one I really want that's probably kind of deep but I think it would be very easy to do I want a guy incognito figure of yeah. just Homer with the fake yeah. mustache uh, Johnny Tightlips. We got all the other uh, mobsters. We didn't get Johnny Tight Lips. Thinking about it, I would have really liked um, there to be um, like the pacemaker scar, Krusty, of when he uh, and and he could have come with uh, <laughs> Handsome Pete. Um, he dances yes. for nickels. <laughs> I also because it's one of my favorite throwaway bits from that episode. Just want the guy who's like, oh, I shouldn't have told him he was a client. But oh I should have God. told him it was illegal. It's too hot today. <laughs> it's too hot today. I, I need that, that character. I have an Australian PVC here of a character that didn't make the world of Springfield line that I've always wanted. But I'm happy I have him in this form. It is Senor Ding Dong. Oh, how fun. From one of my favorite episodes and one of my favorite Marge and Lisa subplots. Oh, it's great. I love this character. <laughs> Justin, are there any other bootleg figures that you've gotten over the years? These are these are real. These are this weird like Australian PVC line had like a bunch of characters that weren't made in the world of Springfield line. I love that. Including Bob. the uh yeah, this Bob's great. There's also like uh what was the character's name that Michael Jackson did? They made his character in this uh, line, Leon, but never the fun. in the I think it was Leon. Leon, right? But now that episode's not even online, which yeah. is so weird. Like Michael Jackson's bad. It does like the character isn't bad, but anyway. Yeah. It also has the best Lisa. It's your birthday song. It's a great Bart and Lisa moments. Glad I own that DVD. Yeah, exactly. One of the characters on my list, the Capital City Goofball, um, a couple of months ago, I was scrolling through Facebook and I got an ad from Wish.com <laughs> that had these weird Simpson bootleg figures in it. And one of them was the Capital City Goofball. <laughs> and Oh, wow. <laughs> I- yeah, I clicked on the That's ad so cool. and like you, of course, because it's wish.com, like they're just using like random pictures. So if you, if you order the item, like it's not going to be what is like pictured in the ad, but I really want this random weird bootleg capital city goofball. 
And Googling Capital City Goofball toy brings no results. Uh, I Googled Simpsons mascot toy. That brings no results. So if anyone out there listening <laughs> knows anything about this weird bootleg Capital City Goofball figure, please DM us. <laughs> I'm looking for it. That's great. So before we go, we should mention that uh, Super 7 recently got the Simpsons license and they're going to do a new line of Simpsons figures. We don't Yay. know anything about it so far. We just know that they got the license. Um, what would you like to see in a new line of toys? Like what would get you to go out and start collecting a new line of some figures? Well, Justin, mine might be a pile of plastic, so not much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I really just want it to cater to like hardcore fans and just like the more obscurities, the better. Yeah. I guess for me, if super seven does the line, you know, now that I'm missing everything, I do want a nice set of the family. And then I just want as deep and weird as we can get, like just, I want my base and then I want kind of what we've, what we, I want everything we just talked about. Right. Like that's how you would do it. And just accessories and more vehicles. I want a big Homer car. Yeah, I'm assuming Super 7 is going to do an ultimate line like they've been doing with the Turtles and they have coming out with the Disney animation and uh, the New Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling figures. Um, but I'd also like to see them keep the NECA Playmate scale going. You know, they do the reaction and stuff like that, so I feel like there would be no reason why we couldn't get like a continuation of this line on top of uh, an Ultimates line. I just really want there to be a Lisa Lionheart doll. I just would be super excited if we like actually like a, like a Barbie. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that's a great idea. Trust in yourself and you can achieve anything. You know, if we get through to just that one little girl, it'll all be worth it. Yes, particularly if that little girl happens to pay $46,000 for that doll. What? Oh, nothing. Kudos to you, Lisa. Kudos. That's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Allie, thank you so much for coming and dealing with the Zoom gods who did not enjoy having us. Oh, my God. The Zoom gods hate us. And where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me uh, at Allie Gertz, A-L-L-I-E-G-O-E-R-T-Z, on all the things. And you could listen to our Simpsons podcast, Round Springfield, which is on the Maximum Fun Network. And everyone knows how to find podcasts these days, so I trust you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great. Yeah, it was so much fun. Sorry, Ian, about all the crazy internet stuff, but such is the world we live in. Blake, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash how do you figure. We're on, on Twitter at how do you figure PC on Instagram at how do you figure podcast. And they can leave us a review on iTunes. And that's it. But she's got a new hat. I